Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Well, as we know, the COVID pandemic has changed the way we now book clients on for TV interviews. Those in-station and on-the-set interviews have all but disappeared. So how can we better prepare for satellite and virtual media tours to enhance our success? Well, my guest today has an answer for you. He's CEO of DS Simon Media in New York City, where he joins us from today. DS Simon Media helps clients get their stories on television through satellite media tours and by producing and distributing video content to the media. His recent booklet, 25 Tips for Satellite Media Tours Success, helps you better understand how to look and sound your best during a television interview. Now, Douglas, welcome to the podcast. Peter, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. First, I just wanted to make some clarification because when I think of satellite media tours, uh, when I was doing I'd take the client into a studio that'd sit in a, on a set and we'd feed them up by way of satellite and the stations would t- take them down. You know, normally we've got to know what satellite they're on, the various and sundry frequencies, so forth and so on. So help people understand the, the difference, if you will, between the actual satellite media tour and virtual media tours. Well, what's changed most dramatically is where your spokesperson needs to be located to participate in what's still known as a satellite media tour. I mean, the huge popularity of satellite media tours has always been based on the fact that they're actually virtual. You don't have to travel from city to city, and you can do 25 to 30-plus interviews within a five-hour period. So what's changed is now, as a spokesperson, you could either connect directly to a station one-on-one if you've got a one-off interview, but if you're looking to do a tour with lots of interviews, you need a type of central production to connect with from anywhere and then have that signal delivered to the station. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to your uh, booklet. Obviously, I have a copy of it and I've had a chance to look at it. And, and let me say, one, it, the visual, is it, it's a good-looking piece but it's also very well organized. So, you know, we talk about planning and pitching and what to do before and after the tour or during the tour and afterwards. So why don't we start with, let's say, planning for a satellite media tour? Sure. So obviously, just as pre-COVID, you need to have a story angle that's of interest to the media that serves the interest of your organization. But there's a number of things that have changed that will really affect how you plan for a tour. Probably the single biggest change is the media's increasing interest in speaking with brand spokespeople. In our most recent survey of 61 TV producers, 92% of them said they were open to interviewing brand spokespeople for the story. So that's a key piece. Who is your spokesperson going to be? What is the story angle or angles? Often you want to have more than one pitch angle. And a real important point to make as you're planning is it's not just a one message media opportunity. These interviews are typically two and a half to three and a half minutes long on television. Radio interviews can last five minutes in length. So really think of it as a conversation where multiple points can be made. And it's going to be a mix of news 
worthy information Mm -hmm. and content that will help viewers make their lives better. And ideally, you should marry those two thoughts. Let me just do a quick interjection because you use two words that I really like to uh, emphasize with clients about uh, TV, uh, particular TV pitches, newsworthy. And sometimes they don't <laughs> understand that. And you sometimes you have to develop it or find ways to make it newsworthy so that it will be of interest. Yeah, that's important. And a tip that we like to use is if you could imagine how a station would tease your interview coming up before they go to commercialism coming up after the break we speak with this person about what what would be something that the viewers might say i don't want to change the channel i want to stick around to watch that Mm -hmm. that's a really important piece to provide value i think you know planning you also want to get into how it's going to be produced and distributed obviously stations are much more open to doing interviews via Zoom. But when you're planning for a satellite media tour, not only do you want to make sure the spokesperson signal is transmitted well, typically the communications people want to be able to watch and listen to the interviews as they happen, provide guidance to the spokesperson between the interviews. So you do need to have a production setup that will allow for that. And that typically, as I referenced up at the top, means connecting to a central control room where then they will distribute the signal to the different broadcast outlets in the formats that the stations want, whether one mm-hmm. satellite, whether they want a direct Zoom connection, whether they even want you to record or produce the video file for them and send that to them. But you definitely want to have the communications team involved in listening, so you want to plan for that. Definitely, you can know that what used to be called remote production, where you need a satellite truck, is much easier and much more affordable because you, as long as you have an Ethernet connection, you can connect to broadcasters from anywhere mm-hmm. and really just add a whole level of compelling visuals to the story as well. Well, that was going to be my next question in terms of being able to include perhaps a B-roll into that interview when it, when it was required or necessary. Yeah, it's definitely important to think of visuals. The media is open to a conversation. And it's really about the specifics of a story. We recently did a campaign for the San Diego, formerly the San Diego Zoo, on an update to what they're offering. There, obviously, the visuals of the animals were pretty spectacular and important to have them looking at the highest possible quality. Mm-hmm. So you can judge each story that you do based on what are the visuals. It can be B-roll. It can also be a live demonstration. And as an example, we did a healthcare piece and it was about telehealth and telemedicine and trying to encourage more people to make use of that um, during the earlier stages of COVID so that other health conditions wouldn't be as problematic for them. We actually had the doctor communicate with stations through the telehealth portal. So the first question that was asked is, is this what my experience would be like if I had a telehealth appointment? And the doctor was able to say yes and go from there. Mm -hmm. So visuals can be an important factor and they need to be planned in advance. You can also plan multiple pitch angles to try and reach the largest number of journalists possible. Basically, you'll still communicate the same information. It might just have a different emphasis or a different order. Mm -hmm. Well, as, as part of that planning, I noticed that you mentioned in here as well that there should be a contract drawn just so everybody's on the same page and no misunderstandings about cost, that, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, I think that is important to really understand, you know, what the services are that you're receiving. Are there any guarantees that are included? Are there additional distribution that will be made available? As part of it, we're seeing an increase in clients wanting to add streaming television to a satellite media tour because you can so well target where it's going and also support a satellite interview that might take place, say, in Cincinnati by doing streaming television to reach more people in Cincinnati who may have seen the morning show. But it is good to know what you're going to be getting and what you're agreeing to pay so there are no challenges later. For instance, do you have B-roll that you can provide or does it need to be shot and produced to make the interview the most effective for mm-hmm. you? That should all be worked out in advance. Okay. Now, I know you, you'd mentioned pitching, but uh, you also have another segment that uh, you talk about pitching and preparation. So expand a bit on the pitching uh, as well as that preparation. Sure. And, you know, we have an in-house media relations team, so we're able to get some feedback from the media beforehand. And as a communicator, if you're considering a media tour, you might want to reach out to some of your own media contacts to gauge their interest in you know, carrying that segment. Mm -hmm. What's important to remember is there's been such a dramatic change in media opportunities. And we hear PR people say this all the time, that it's just nearly impossible to get your story on cable news, which have overwhelmingly turned to political news coverage. Network newscasts and morning shows have also gotten tougher and tougher to get your story out. So where the opportunity is, is on local TV stations, which are really counter-programming, even right before the election, the week before they only spent 36% of their news cap on political news. They understand if you're a political junkie, you'll be watching a cable news show that aligns with your political interest. Mm-hmm. So it's a great opportunity for other content. And local news in collectively has a larger audience than both cable news and network news individually. So it's a great opportunity. But what that tells you for pitching and preparing is, can you develop a message that will have specific local information? Mm -hmm. That's going to increase interest. One of the other things I've noticed from time to time, and I know this is a a high hurdle to clear, is that there are some local stories that do reach the uh, the national networks. It might tie into something national that they're thinking about or somehow or another the station pitches it to them and uh, the networks will buy into it. Can you help with that discussion as to what makes station stories go from local to national? Um, Sure. And each of the broadcast networks have their own network affiliate feed service. And because of the growth in nationalized kind of news, those tend to get less coverage from a satellite media tour than they used to. Fox News ads used to frequently conduct interviews and make them available. But the idea of that content is that a local station can produce a story. If it's good enough, they, and sometimes the journalist, will pitch to their network affiliate news feed Mm -hmm. to take the story and make it available to audiences in other markets. You know, there you're going to have a higher bar to clear in terms of news value and interest. Potentially maybe there, while I personally favor using an internal spokesperson affiliated with an organization, you know, an A-list celebrity gives you a better chance of being picked up in other markets for that type of piece. But it's very situational, but it is an opportunity 
to significantly expand the reach. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that you mentioned in your uh, booklet here is that uh, using local market data data to help increase bookings. Help uh, our listeners understand how that comes into play. Sure. For instance, if we did a campaign, um, you know, with a large organization that has affiliates in different markets, there might be different scenarios. It might be economic data, you know, how many people are employed in a market, what types of products are popular in a market, what are their needs. I mean, an example would be, you know, a lawn maintenance campaign. If you were to work on something like that or pest control, there are different pests in the Northeast than there are in the Southeast and the West and the drier states. So there's local specific information. And that's really the beauty of the media tour, whether it's a virtual connected by satellite or even if someone is in a studio, if people come to go that route, it's very easy to have specific information for each market. We've done campaigns where, you know, it's about improving, you know, the school grounds, making them more environmentally friendly. And in each market, we were able to point to schools that had programs that were available for Mm -hmm. local residents to participate in. That makes it highly relevant, gives you a better chance for getting a larger number of interviews. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that you have in here that I really, really like from my perspective, and I can talk from both sides of the table on this one, so both sides of the mic, if you will, <laughs> is taking control of your message. When I was in yeah. radio in, in Washington, D.C., and we were talking about business issues, well, I don't know a lot about a lot of business issues. And I would actually tell prospective clients, say, look, if you've got some things you want me to ask, put those questions down for me. Because what I try to tell folks is that if I've got whatever it is, 30 minutes, 60 minutes to fill, and if I don't have questions in front of me, I'm going to make them up. <laughs> and and you don't want that to happen. So be sure that uh, you bring questions or provide questions to the persons that will be doing the interview. Exactly. And it's called actually a confirmation document. So there's the pitch material to get them interested in doing the interview. And you know, if you take a step back and think of a morning news anchor and what their morning is like, they're doing story, story, story. Then they'll get a commercial break and probably go to traffic and weather when the anchor has some downtime. That might be the actual first time they look at, oh, who's next? It's uh, you know Jane Doe from XYZ Company. Oh, what are the questions we've got? That might be the amount of preparation mm-hmm. they do. So providing them with questions. It's usually four to five questions in a Q&A format. We find more than 90% of the stations will ask those specific questions. And even before the interview, the producer can get on the phone with the stations. Great, we're ready to go. Oh, do you happen to know what the first question is? We'll be able to give that feedback to the spokesperson Mm -hmm. so they're ready for the conversation. A couple of key tips about creating the question. Questions shouldn't be highly commercial in nature, but they should lead to potentially a commercial answer. They should also make the person asking the question sound intelligent. So if there is data, it's okay to draft a question. You know, I was surprised to see in your research that 48% of the people in Cincinnati have this scenario. Mm -hmm. How can they best address that? You know, that's like, oh, great. It makes them look like they did research that they prepared. So the more you do that, the more you increase the likelihood they'll take what appears as a Q&A that could go anywhere 
and make it a much more controlled interaction Mm -hmm. between the media and your organization, which, you know, is a benefit to the organization. Okay, we've done our planning for the tour. We've uh, developed our pitching and our preparation. Now we're actually getting on the tour. So what should we be doing once we actually get there? Well, once you get there, you'll have already conducted a tech test to make sure that the person's audio and video quality are strong and compelling and will work for the segment. We're big recommendations if you need an Ethernet connection, if you're connecting to a control room via Zoom, and that goes if you're connecting to a one-off interview with a station. Another key tip, make sure the, that you're in an evenly lit space and the camera height should be at least equal to your eye level or slightly above. That's going to be the more flattering view. One thing that's helpful, and I'm sure many people who are getting you know, Zoom fatigue are looking at Zoom screens through much of the day, they don't always look at the camera on their device. They often frequently look at the people they're speaking with. For these interviews, you have to have 100% laser focus on the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, Even with all that preparation, the spokesperson should log in probably about 45 minutes before the first interview to handle any tech changes that might come up. It's good to have a backup. As a PR person, you want to be able to tune in. So there should be the equivalent of, say, a green room where you can hear and see your spokesperson during the interviews in real time and a way that you can communicate with both the production team and possibly the spokesperson during breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, another key point to remember is not all of the interviews will be live. Depending on the story and the subject matter, it might range between about a quarter or slightly less will be live to over half or two-thirds on something that is tremendous news value. Before each interview starts, make sure the production people let you know when it's scheduled to air. You don't want to say good morning. It's going to be if it's going to be on the afternoon news show. You don't want to say, hey, this is launching tomorrow when it was last week. Mm-hmm. So that's important. You also, as I referenced before, want to make sure that you can get the signal to stations however they want it. So the three most popular are Zoom, satellite as well as sending a digital file. Some stations have their own proprietary technology. Some reporters are actually producing the stories from home and they have to edit it later to put it together. Frequently, they're extremely appreciative if we say, oh, do you want us to cut it live, switching between the reporter asking the question and the person answering, which will save them a lot of time on the back end and helps increase station's willingness to work with. Mm-hmm. Also, something that's frequently missed, of course, we're so focused on the media we're getting, is use the time with the spokesperson to record additional content. This could be for social media, but it can also include internal messaging, and that shouldn't even cost any more. But we found, especially with the significant increase in senior leaders at organizations being the spokespeople, a huge station demand for them, a simple statement they record just explaining to their staff, to their company, to their employees that they were out there talking about the great job they were doing, being interviewed on 25 or 30 stations across the country. That's a very powerful and compelling message to share internally. And what we've seen is you can't put internal communications and external in completely different silos. In fact, one of the most powerful 
uses of a satellite media tour is for senior leadership to actually communicate with employees in the specific town where the interview mm-hmm. airs, and they will be sure to hear it. And it's far more credible if you compare what they say to an, in an internal memo versus what they've gone out in public and you know made a statement about. So I think that's a really great opportunity to consider how you can address internal audiences with this external content. Okay. Now, you also have a, a quick section on what to do after the tour. Right. Um, as I mentioned, video content may be created during the tour. You have to have an approval process ready to go so there's no big delay afterwards. Also, you want to get results. I mean, the way monitoring has improved, you should be able to get an after-tour report that lets you know what interviews actually happened, when they're going to be scheduled to air if they didn't air already. And through the monitoring services, we use critical mention, you'll be able to get air checks of segments that have already aired that day from the tour. And, you know, we talked again about putting a megaphone on those results. If stations post interviews to their websites, which many of them do, you can use social media to be a force multiplier for that interview. And of Mm -hmm. course, you can also use the content to communicate internally. Okay. Now, several things, helping people to make sure that if they're doing it, let's say Zoom, how do they make sure that they're set up as best it could be? It's, It's optimal, I guess is the best way of putting it. Sure. Um, You know, there are three pieces to it. There's the lighting, there's the camera setup, and there's the audio and the connectivity, which is a key part. You know, the most important thing is don't rely on Wi-Fi because that's less likely to be good for the entire length of a satellite media tour. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to have a hardwire plug-in and a hardwire connectivity. You can buy a 100-foot Ethernet extension cord for about $44, $40 or so, that means that you can go from almost anywhere you are to where your router is if you're in a home environment. Of course, in an office environment, there's almost certainly an Ethernet connection that's much closer to you. If audio is important, if you're using headphones or earbuds, that's a good look. Remember, their batteries might not last that extended time. So if you're using the earbuds, it might make sense to use one at a time. So the other is charging while you're using one and just swap ears if you're comfortable, you know, hearing conversations from different ears. A lot of times people would only have their phone up to one ear, but that's a way to do it. If you use a wired earpiece, get an extension cord so that cord doesn't have to hang in front of your face. It can actually go behind you. We talked about the eye level being mm-hmm. important and even light. A good way and something we do in the test is see if you rotated your computer around in the room, will that give you a better view? A couple of key hits. You're best off not going against just a flat wall. A corner is good. You also don't want on windows with bright lights behind the shot. It makes it hard for the person to see. Ideally, you want some of the light on your face, evenly lit, and pointing to where there's a corner so there's some dimension for the background instead of just a flat blank wall where you're probably best off, you know, holding up. It makes it look like a photo after you've been arrested instead of a media interview. 
you know, one of the things I was thinking about, as you mentioned this, of course, was called the monitor checks. You know, how do I look in that monitor? Because perhaps someone might be excited or it might be too hot in the room, but uh, not to have perspiration or they have shiny forehead, that sort of thing. So that's something yeah, I always pre- uh, prepare folks for as well. Yeah, um, you can use makeup powder that matches your skin tone. If you're doing these frequent interviews, that's a good thing to do. They also make, you know, the cloths that can wipe off the excess oil from your skin as well. Um, The good thing is Zoom is actually really good at adjusting to those types of situations. So it doesn't show up as glaring as it would have been if you were under the lights in a studio. So that is one of the advantages. But, you know, camera height will be a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Well, Douglas, you've provided us with a wealth of information today. Is there anything that we have left out in this discussion of uh, preparing for our media tours? Yeah, I think an important thing, and this goes to the preparation and execution, is if you are working with a partner, leave them sufficient time to pitch the story. Ideally, you want to have at least two weeks from when the media pitch is approved to the tour date. So there's adequate time to pitch the story. Satellite tours can be turned around in less time, but you're just making things a little harder for yourself than they need to be. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. My guest today has been Douglas Simon. He is CEO of DS Simon Media located in uh, New York City. And uh, if you get a chance, uh, track down that booklet, 25 Tips for Satellite Media Tour Success. Douglas, let me say thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. I really appreciated the information you've delivered. And to my uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in and join us again for the next edition of the Public Relations Review Podcast. Thanks okay. so much and have a great day, everyone. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us.